love honor. And I just want to take a moment this morning to honor uh, Pastor Lori and Pastor Jason uh, for all of their leadership that they continue to give uh, over this church. It is important for us, if we are going to see God move in a powerful, tangible way here in Canada, it is important for us to value honor. Honor is so, so, so important. And if you know me, I've probably already said this from the, I've only been here eight months, but I've probably already said this from up here because it is something that I think about quite often. It does uh, uh, come up in my dreams and I wake up and I'm like, yeah, that checks out. See, I I love honor because I think I would have been a dynamite knight. Right? Like, just picture it right now. Like, big sword, right? Like, nice helmet. Like, all the skills. Like, just just amazing. Right? And I would have been fine with being, like, a guard, like, on the front lines. I just know, like, I would have been a dynamite knight. And I love the fact that honor plays a big part of knighthood. The fact that in order to be a good knight, you didn't need to just be a good fighter, but you had to have a code. You had to have a code. You needed something that would guide your morals, guide your principles. And I love that. I love just the the warrior mentality of that. Maybe that's why I loved hockey so much growing up and football. Just a place to compete and where, you know, they didn't punish you when you, like, hit someone into the boards or buried someone into the dirt, right? People cheered you on. I was like, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know, but there's something in there where I'm just like, I love that, but I also love the code. I love this idea that there needs to be a a, a groundwork, something that, that defines who we truly are. There's one thing that our world is looking for when it comes to the church is consistency. To be who it is that God says that we are. Amen? Come on, I believe that, uh, that the world is looking for a church that truly lives out the love of Jesus. I believe that the world is looking for a, tr- a church that truly stands on the word of God. I believe that the world is looking for a church that truly understands what it means to honor. And so last week, we began our summer series, which is going to be on the one another's. We're going to go through, I believe, 11 different one another's that are in Scripture. There's about 59 of them in total. Uh, If you'd like to do your own research and and, and really go over a fun journey over the summer, I encourage you. uh, You can find different resources online for the 59 one another's in Scripture. We're going to just focus on 11. Last week, even though it was Vision Sunday, uh, Pastor Jason kicked off our one another. Uh, series by talking about serving. He talked about how Jesus, as he was approaching the Last Supper, which was uh, exactly what we just did as we referenced in communion, as he was approaching that moment, Jesus got down in front of his disciples and said, listen, nobody else in this room wants to wash everyone's feet. I will. And this is the position that Jesus was encouraging his disciples to take, and it's the position that he's encouraging us to take, that we would position ourselves ready to serve the world that God has sent us, the world that God has sent us into. This week, we're going to dive into Scripture, focusing on Romans chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there right now. We're going to start at about verse 3, and we're going to talk about how honoring one another can unlock something really special in the Spirit for all of us today. Ultimately, our hope in this series is that it will inspire and challenge each and every one of us to love one another in a deeper and more meaningful way. 
that as we exit the summer, there would be nothing but smiles and high fives and hugs and just, you know, like a little skip in your step as you leave each and every Sunday morning. That's where you want to get, all right? So practice your skip in your step. I'll be watching at the door today, all right? Just a little, right? Whatever you got, you give it, all right? It doesn't have to look good. It just has to be there with a smile. That's what we want. So let's lay the groundwork this morning of what it is that God has called us. A great reminder for us all is that not a single one of us are called to walk this road alone. We are all called to walk this journey out with one another. In Romans 12, Paul opens with the encouragement to believers that we are called to remain holy, to not be conformed by the world that God has sent us into, but instead by the renewal of our minds that we would discern what it is that God sees as good, acceptable, and perfect. Man, what a challenge. What a challenge for us this morning. As we dig into honor and as we dig into honoring one another, I don't want to miss the, 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 the really just the crux of it all. Church, if we are going to honor one another properly, we first need to honor God. Come on. If we are going to honor one another properly, if we are going to live a life that is motivated by honor, if we are going to be a church that is known by understanding the code that God has downloaded into us and to live that out properly, we first need to honor God. And time and time again, God challenges us, reminds us, calls us to a place where he says, do not let sin be the thing that motivates you. Come on. Do not let sin be the thing that motivates you. He says, listen, everybody else in the world, people that don't know me, they're only living by what they know. They're, 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 they're motivated by their own self-interest. They're, they're motivated by the pleasures that they can get out of this world. People that don't know Jesus, they don't know any better. But for those of us who do, come on. God challenges us. He says, listen, if the world is going to know me, I have called you first. Someone say first. This is such a powerful revelation that I, that I had one day as I was reading the scripture. And, and I don't know if you ever get to this point, but there is times in my life where I don't feel like I have earned the right to be a Christian. Have you ever felt that? Like, why did God call me? Why did God choose me? Maybe there's people at your work who are like, man, they're way nicer than I am. But here's the amazing thing, church, is that in some crazy turn of events, for some unknown reason, each and every one of us in this room that God has called, he has set free, you have been called first. God has chosen in his infinite wisdom to start with you. Isn't that amazing? Come on. Isn't that incredible? Out of all the people in our city that God could have chosen to know him first, he started here with you. You have a huge role to play when it comes to our city knowing who God is. Because right now, they don't know who he is. They're motivated by their own things. And yet God reminds us time and time again that we are called to be set apart, set apart not conformed by the word through the renewal of not conformed by the word, but instead through the renewal of our minds that we would be able to discern from God what is good, what accept, is acceptable and perfect. What's good and acceptable for me? What's good and acceptable from Ray? No, from God. Amen? Come on, this is important because it's easy for us to misplace, uh, to mistake our place. Hello? 
right? But I like it, but I enjoy it. Okay, but is God in it? This is where we're called to lead from. It is first important for us. I love that Paul opens with this the reminder as he's going to focus in uh, on honor in just a couple verses later, the reminder that if we are going to honor one another, if we're going to truly honor the world that God has called us to, we first have to honor God. And so let's take on that challenge today to say, God, whatever it is in our lives that doesn't need to be there, God, remove it because we want to know who you are. Romans 12 verse 3 continues. It says this, for by grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Some of you just underline that. Here we go. All right. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I love my wife. My wife told me that she has literally been placed in my life to make sure that my head stays at a side that will fit through those doors. So, you know, this is just an important verse for me and I'm reminded of it always. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not have all the same function. Thank you, Jesus. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members with one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, in our serving. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts, acts of mercy with cheerfulness. There's nothing worse than a person who tries to love people but does it angrily. Right? God's like, I love how he slips that in there. He's like, with cheerfulness, guys, right? With a smile on your face. Just love people through. It's going to be great. Paul opens this chapter referring to how it is that we're called to honor what it is that God has asked us to do. And he continues in this chapter, he says, Now, if the church is going to truly be modeled after God, then they need to honor one another in the areas that they've been called to. Come on. One of the most uh, established verses in Scripture, one of the ones that if you're a young person here, a teenager, or, or if you're in junior high here this morning, that you've probably heard over and over again, and probably not just from your Sunday school teacher, probably from your parents, is, kids, honor your parents. But what has that verse often been translated into? Kids, listen to your parents, Right? That's really what we want. Like when we're talking about honor, like kids to parents, it's like, just listen to me. Like the things that I want to tell you to do. But church, honor goes so much deeper than that. Amen? Honor goes so much deeper. Honor isn't about just listening to those who are in authority over you. Honor is about understanding that God has spiritually ordained and positioned people in our lives for a reason. And just like we tell our kids, listen, you don't have to like it, but you still have to honor your parents. There are people in our lives that we may not agree with the things that they say, the things that they do, but we are called to exemplify honor. In the church, where this really gets kind of twisted and confused sometimes, is that instead of, of honoring our God and what it is that he's called us to, we can look at the gifts that he's given other people and wonder, God, why isn't that me? Here in, in, in Romans chapter 3, God encourages this church that if we are truly going to honor God, then we need to dig into what God has specifically called us to do. You're going to hear me say this over and over and over again. I believe that each person here this morning is here for a reason. I believe that. Maybe you're visiting today. Maybe you've been attending for 35 years as a part of Life Center. You are not here on accident. 
And if our church is going to truly do the things that God has called us to do, then we need you to unlock why it is that God has placed you here. What is it that you specifically bring to the table that I cannot? Some of you are carpenters. You would never want to see me with a saw. Some of you are artists. Keep the pencils and pens away from me. Right? There are people in this room that you are literally here because I, as the pastor, have a lack. There are people in this room that are sitting beside you that are specifically here because you can't carry the things that they're called to carry. If we are going to affect this church appropriately, God says that there are people in this church that have been placed here because they have the gift of faith. That when others can't see beyond the storm that you are able to step in and prophesy into their situation. There are people here in this room that you have been given the gift of service. That when other people forget to hold the door, they don't even have to worry about it because you're already there. There are people in this room that have the gift of teaching, of exhortation, and the list goes on and on and on. Church, we are called to honor God, and we are also called to honor each other in our gifts. Not to ask God, God, why can't I have those things? Why can't I be like that? Why can't I sing so beautifully like Shola? It's okay. It's not for all of us. Some of us are just there to support. But for each and every one of us here today, we need to remember that God has placed us specifically here for a reason. That there is going to be potential unlocked here at the Kanata campus like we've never seen before. I believe that God is going to work miracles here in this place like we've never seen before. I believe that there's going to be prophecy, that there's going to be encouragement, that there's going to be people that uh, just reach out in generosity like we have never seen before. And we need to honor each person as they step into those lanes that God has called them to. In Romans 10, it says this, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love and honor one another above yourselves. Wow, if that's not what we're called to. My prayer this morning is that we be able to see Romans 12.10 in context. And honor is such an interesting word because it denotes more than just platitudes. Honor is about more than just saying yes to what it is that other people have asked. Honor is about more than just doing what it is that your boss told you to do. Honor is about not just saying yes with your words, but yes in your heart. Even in times when we don't fully understand maybe why we're being asked to do something. If you have a hard time uh, grasping this, this, this notion of honor, that, that moment of that kid being asked to make their bed by their parent is a great place. I remember growing up and my mom would ask me, hey, I need you to make your bed. And I would look at her and be like, why? Like, mom, I'm sleeping there tonight. Like, do you see how that blanket is arranged? Do you see the indent in the pillow? Like, that's me. I'm going to be there. Why would I make, like, I'm like, do you know I'm just planning on messing it up again tonight? And she would look at me and be like, don't, don't give me that. Just make your bed. See, when it comes to honor, it's about more than just platitudes. It's about more than just saying, yes, mom, okay, I'll make my bed. Or yes, I will go ahead and do that. Or yes, I will relinquish this moment to those that God has called to step in. It's about understanding in our hearts that God has positioned us for such a time as this that we can serve one another. That we can take our place and understand that, hey, mom, I may not understand why you're asking me to do these things. But I see that God has positioned you in that place to ask. 
And so I will honor that. Verse 9, Paul encourages us to let our love be genuine. Come on. To let our love be genuine. To abhorb what is evil. To hold fast to what is good. To love one another with brotherly affection. And outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Church, why is this important today? Because this is a place where we can make a Jesus-sized difference in our lives, in our communities, in our church, and in our families. Have you ever asked yourself as you're reading through Scripture, why has the author written these words? Paul wrote this to the, the Roman people. These were his brothers. These were the people that he had longed to be able to minister to. Finally, as he's penning the, the book of Romans, he's spilling his heart out to people that from the very moment that God set him free, he wanted to reach the Roman people with the gospel. But why is Paul writing all these things? Because this is not how the culture looks at the time. I wonder if 2,000 years later, if it's very different for us today. I think one of the best ways that we can show Jesus to a world that desperately needs him is through genuine love. A love that doesn't envy, that isn't jealous, that doesn't seek to satisfy itself but a love that honors who it is that we have been called to be because of the cross. Amen? I believe that we are called uh, to love genuinely just as Jesus laid down his life for us in this, this, this crazy way that the church works, the crazy way that heaven works is that God honored us by sending his son. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? When you think of honor, it's always positioned above you. For me, anyway, when I think of honor, I always think of trying to, to honor from a position of the people who are ahead of us. But God honors from the, the head position down to us. This is who our God is. This is who we're called to be. The same thing that Pastor Jason talked about last year, last week, as, as, as Jesus was here in human form and got down on his knees to wash the feet of his disciples. God, our Father, did the same as he sent his son to die in our, in our place. We are called to love genuinely. We're called to abhor what is evil, to not call it right. We're called to love one another and outdo one another in showing honor, in encouraging and, and, and challenging one another to walk into all of the different places that God has called us to walk into. A word of encouragement is a word that needs to be spoken. I would do this in youth so often as a youth pastor, we'd have this chair, and I want to encourage you because we're going to challenge each and every one of us today as we leave this place. How can we work in honor this weekend? And what we would do in youth is we would take a chair and we position it in the middle, and I'd have a student come up and sit there. Maybe you need to do this in your family today. Maybe you need to just, you know, grab a chair and go sit outside your neighbor's house until they see you on their lawn. Like, what are you doing? You'd wave them out, like, come out here. I got something. Like, Learn this in church today. It's good. What we would do is we would put the chair in the middle. And we would call somebody up and say, generally the first one would be, who just needs 
to feel alive today? Who needs to feel loved today? And, and reluctantly and, and, and a little sheepishly, a student would put up their hand. They'd come up and they would sit in the chair. And we would go around the circle and we would have every student speak one word over that person. One word that God would say about who they truly are, about their character. One word that would pull out from inside them what the Holy Spirit was trying desperately to get in them. And every single time that the students stood up out of the chair, I would say, how does that make you feel? And before they would even say anything, it was the smile. Our world is woefully lacking in encouragement. My prayer is, is that our church would not be the same. Amen? See, our, our, our world is woefully lacking in encouragement because we have been, been, been positioned in our world not to honor, but instead to find out how quickly we can replace. Not to honor, but instead to find how quickly we can just, you know, step on that shoulder, step on that head to get up the next rung in the ladder. But instead, God would have us encourage one another, even if others, would, however it is that you see it, even if you see them taking steps that you wish that God would do in your life to speak of a word of encouragement and say, go. I will follow in what it is that God is doing. I see who it is that you've been created to be. I see that you're a person of prayer. Continue to run into that. This is how we can be different for a world that desperately needs to know Jesus. I'm going to close with this today. When it comes to honoring Christ in our culture, this is the space that we need to sit. To be a people of honor. That first and foremost, that we honor God. That secondly, we look around and we honor God by looking at our own lives and saying, okay, God, who have you created me to be? Not who do I want to be. Hello? Come on, that's important. That's important. See, so many of us are sitting here wondering what our direction is and what our purpose is, but you've taken the wheel out of God's hands and you've tried to tell him who it is that he's created you to be and God wants you to honor him by honoring yourself and honoring who you truly are. Not who others say that you are. Not who others need you to be. But who God put you on this earth to be. To unlock that. See, there is a position of honor that comes in the church when we truly fit as a part of that body where it is that God has placed us. And lastly, after we are our, our, our position to honor God, after we're positioned to honor the church, we are then called to honor one another and honor the world that doesn't know Jesus yet. My prayer today is that as we leave this place, that God would break our hearts for what it breaks his. That even in times where we may find ourselves in disagreement with people who don't know Jesus, church, can we still honor them because they are made in God's image? Even in times where people may say things just ludicrously that are opposite than what it is that, that the gospel would encourage us to do, if they don't know God, can we still honor the fact that God died for them too? Can we position ourselves to serve? My favorite thing about the one another's that we're going to walk through over this summer is that they are not to be taken by themselves. Last week, we talked about honoring one another in service. 
This week, we talked about honoring one another. Wait a second. Last week, we talked about serving one another. Let me separate those. That was like, how am I, what's going on? Okay. Last week, we talked about serving one another. This week, we talked about honoring one another. But you can't do one without the other. You cannot properly honor if you're not willing to serve. And you cannot properly serve if you're not willing to honor. And so let's position ourselves this week to serve our God, to honor our God. Let's position ourselves this week to serve in whatever facet, however it is that God wants us to serve, and honor Him by doing so. And this week, let's position ourselves to honor and serve those who God, that God has called us into relationship with. So how can you do that this week? Students, how can you honor your parents? I know they want me to tell you it's by doing what you're told. But how you can actually honor them is by recognizing the position that God has placed them in over your life. That's honor. Parents, how do we honor our children? We honor them by not belittling them, by not underestimating how much it is that they understand, by recognizing that we are just children with gray hair. How do we honor our coworkers? I believe we honor our coworkers by inviting God into every moment. What would it look like as a meeting was about to start if you just closed your eyes and invited God into that moment? What would it look like if over Zoom, the first thing that people saw every time the meeting actually started was you with your head bowed and your eyes closed praying for each and every screen? What would it look like if God was invited into every moment at our workplace? How do we honor our friends? I believe that we honor our friends by recognizing that friends are not something small but something significant. I believe that we honor our friends by recognizing that God has placed them in our lives for a reason. How do we honor our neighbors? By thanking God for allowing us to live in the house that we live, but not mistaking that he specifically put us there. Amen? I love that. I love thinking about all the people that live around this church, and they think that they got a good deal on their house. <laughs> no. God put them here for a reason. Because just down the street, just across the field, there's a church that loves Jesus, and he loves them too. How do we honor our God? By seeing sin and running as fast as we can the other way. Say, God, not for a moment do I want to take pleasure out of this world. But God, I want to honor you and what your son did on the cross. Step boldly into my freedom. I pray for you today. God, as we close this service, I pray that you would challenge us when it comes to honor, Lord God. 
God, that we would recognize that in order to truly live out this life of Christianity, in order to truly follow after your son, we have to do what your son did. And that was honor you in everything that we do, God. Your son said, the son doesn't do anything unless guided by the father. Lord, let that be our heart. Let that be our desire. Just like Moses, God, I pray that we would say, Lord, if you're not going with us, then we're not going anywhere. Holy Spirit, be in this place. God, I pray that you would encourage us, Lord Jesus, to dig into who we truly are, what you've made us to be. Help us to unlock those Holy Spirit potentials inside that we would honor you, God, by taking that position in our church that you desperately need us to take. God, I pray for more prayer warriors in this place, in this next season. God, I pray that faith would rise in this place, in this next season. God, I pray for those that you have made hope a part of them. God, that they would speak life over each person in this place. God, I pray for more servants, Lord Jesus, that your church would look exactly how you want it to look, not how we've made it, but God, how you want it to look. And lastly, God, I pray that you would help us to honor those who don't know you yet. That we would live in a way that would be so contagious, that would be so inviting, that would be so undeniably raw, God, when it comes to loving you, living a life out for you. Lord Jesus, in this next season, I pray that you would set lives free. And so, God, help us to be the example that you've called us to be and to live from a place of genuine love, that we wouldn't see anyone as a project, but instead, God, that we would see them as fearfully and wonderfully made. God, help us in this next season to honor and to honor well. And so, Lord, we ask this in your holy name. Amen.